Hi everyone, so we're joined today by Edwards. Um, now you might not have heard of Edwards before, but they've been around for about 100 years and they are the global leader in vacuum. Everywhere you find vacu vacuum requirements, you will find Edwards leading the way. From medicines to mobile phones, from computers to coffee beans, which is an interesting one, and cars to chemicals. Edwards prides themselves on making a difference to people's lives. So let's find out a little bit more about them, their recruitment plans, and get up to date with their grads and meet the panel. So Jada, I'm going to start with you. Um, so you're the Early Careers Talent Specialist. Can you give everybody a bit of an idea about who Edwards is and what you do? Sure, thanks very much, Carla. And hello and welcome to everybody to the webinar today. Um, so like Carla said, um, Edwards are a global specialist in, in vacuum technology. So we're not a household name. Um, you're not likely to be buying from us on a, on a domestic basis, um, but within industry and on a sort of business to business level, we are global leaders in, um, like I say, vacuum technology. So if you think about what you've potentially been using around the house or if you're at university today, uh, things like mobile phones and smart TVs, um, double glazed windows, food packaging, even the manufacturing of um, coffee beans and, and food packaging and processing, all of those industries will use vacuum technology in one way, shape or form. So our clients tend to be um, in the industrial sector. Um, we also work with autom autom automotive, um, oil and gas, medical, pharmaceutical, um, you know, a lot of um, vaccines and things like that. You know, you wouldn't be able to produce some of these conditions, these pure conditions without vacuum technology. So we are a global um, presence, um, but Edwards was founded and established in the UK, as Carla mentioned, about 100 years ago. Um, we are a global brand and we are part of a much larger um, organisation called Atlas Copco. We have lots of offices and factories or product companies, as we call them, located all over the globe. But we have quite a significant um, presence in the UK as well. So our global head um, technique uh, business area is based in Burgess Hill, which is not far from Brighton in Sussex. And we also have um, two product companies or manufacturing sites based in the UK. Um, one, of, one of those is based in Eastbourne, so just up the road um, from me in Sussex. And also we have one in Clevedon, which is near Bristol. And we're joined today by two of my colleagues, Tinashe and Ellen, and they're based in our Clevedon product company. And you'll be hearing a bit more from them today as well. So as Carla mentioned, I'm the um, early careers lead. So um, I uh, look after predominantly the Burgess Hill site and I work with colleagues um, with the product companies as well. So my role is to work with organizations like Gradcracker to invite students um, to find out more about what we do as an organization, to tell you a little bit about our graduate and internship opportunities that are available within, uh, within the UK. Um, and then when you join the business, um, we look after you once you're on program as well. So making sure that you're um, getting the most out of the program, that you're enjoying the training. Um, we're always identifying your career opportunities and taking those into consideration when it comes to things like rotations and placements and things like that. So from the very beginning of the recruitment process, right through to when you finish your early careers program with us, 
um, whether it's myself or my colleague Melanie who's based in the product companies we will look after you along the whole journey basically so that's a very quick intro from me but um, we'll go into a little bit more detail on some of those areas as we go through the, the session today. Yeah, thanks, Jada. That was a brilliant introduction. And I must say thank you very much for being here today because Jada found out that she was on this webinar probably about half an hour ago. So <laughs> somebody who is not prepped to be able to do that introduction was absolutely brilliant. And Jada, you mentioned a couple of things there that I want to touch on. So you mentioned about um, the, the graduate, obviously the graduate programme. Could you just go into a few more details about how long that lasts and um, how many placements the graduates will be doing? Just a bit of an overview on that area. Yeah, sure. So we have different graduate programs and they are tailored to um, particular disciplines. Mm -hmm. um, so for example, we will have um, programs that look for mechanical engineering, um, sometimes software engineering, physics, chemistry, those kinds of disciplines. Um, and then we have others that could be a bit more specific. So for example, Tinashe and Ellen have joined in one of our project um, companies. Um, do you want to, to add in quickly what disciplines that you've, you've come from and what your, um, your course is about? Um, yeah, so I, I actually did aerospace engineering, um, but by virtue that puts me in like the mechanical group. Okay. Um, so my focus is on mechanical work. Um, I've done a month in production, so actually like on the shop floor, putting things together, stuff like that. Um, and I'm currently in new product introduction. So that's uh, helping design new products and bring them from concept stage to all the way to having a like a, a machine ready to be shipped out and put out to market. Great. Um, Thanks, Ellen. Um, and Tanache, what's your what's your background and what program did you join? Um, so I'm a chemical engineer. Um, yeah. My first rotation was for a year and it was in research and development. So I got to work in the lab for a year, um, which I saw a lot of exciting stuff and got to like mess with a lot of dangerous gases. Um, and like Ellen, I am in new product introduction now. Um, just completing my placement there. Great, thank you for that. So, so just for the purpose of, of the audience, I don't work on a day-to-day -day basis with Tanashi and Ellen, so that's helpful for me, for me to know the context <laughs> they're coming from. So um, going back to the question then, so um, typically the graduate scheme lasts for two years. I think that's the same for, for you guys as well. And um, as uh, uh, Tanashi and Ellen have indicated, there are different placements. Mm -hmm. um, so the number of placements can vary, again, depending on um, what discipline you're from, what area of, um, of the business you've gone into and what program um, that you're on um, they're all in a stem context so you know we, we're always going to be looking for people from um, sort of mechanical engineering physics um, sometimes software electronics um, chemistry chemical engineering you know those kinds of backgrounds and what we try to do then is make sure that the um, the placement or the rotations that you follow are tailored to your discipline so yeah. there's no one size fits all basically um, it depends you know what we're recruiting for that year and we always you know make that clear in our advertisements um, once you're on program um, you will have a mentor that will guide you and be a point of contact for the duration of your program and then as you rotate through the different placements you may have two placements you could have three you could have four um, you'll have a different placement line manager in each place each placement as well so as you go through, you'll be given goals and performance targets and things like that. So we're always looking to get feedback on, you know, how you're getting on, 
And equally, then we'll give feedback on um, how we think um, our graduates are getting on in the different placements. So there's a very, very big focus on training and learning and development. We don't expect you to come in as experts in vacuum technology. This is what we're here to teach you. And we have some engineers in our business that do just that. Um, I don't come from a, a technical background myself, um, but I do support the, the technical and the engineering managers within the business. Um, so like I said, you rotate through different placements, um, very big focus on training, on learning, on development. Um, you're part of the early careers community as well. So you will typically join as a cohort, um, not huge numbers. You know, we don't take on thousands a year or anything like that, but um, a, a nice number. So there's um, uh, the opportunity to build relationships with other graduates, apprentices, placement students that will all be starting a similar time as well. Thank you, Janet. That's very comprehensive. And you've stolen one of my questions as well. So I'm going to have to. I was like, Janet, that's my bit. I do that bit. Um, <laughs> thank you for the instruction. That was yeah, really, really good um, to know. And I think that's what we find out a lot of times um, during these webinars, aren't we, Jess? That you don't need to know everything about um, the product or what the employer actually um, produces or whatever. You're going to learn that whilst you are there. So don't think, oh, well, I haven't done anything to do with vacuums during my degree. You know, you're going to learn that at Edwards. That's the whole, that's the whole point of it. Um, so what I'm going to do now is um, just let the audience know. So Edwards are currently closed to applications, but they will be opening again in the autumn. So the message from me yesterday is to make sure you go and follow them on Gradcracker and then you'll receive an email and push notification when they open their applications. Jada, do you have a rough idea of when you are going to be opening in the autumn? Um, yeah, it's usually around October time for our graduate programmes, um, a similar time for our year in industry, although sometimes a little bit later, but in, yeah, before Christmas, October to early December is generally the window where we open, um, and then we're generally open for about eight weeks, however, if we do receive um, sufficient number of, of good applications, then we do sometimes close a little bit earlier, so that's why it's good to get the, the notifications so you, you don't miss out. Out when the opportunities become live yeah definitely so make sure you listen to what Jada just said follow on Gradcracker and then get your applications in you know don't wait until the closing date because I know every year Edwards is inundated with applications so get those applications in as soon as you can Jada thank you very much I'm going to leave it there with you and then move on to the grads and um, so um, both of the grads that you can see in front of you today found their roles um, on Gradcracker and found out about Edwards on Gradcracker as well and um, so I'm going to ask you both now what stood out about Edwards um, and made you apply to their opportunities and Ellen I'm going to go to you first. Um, so for me it was um it seemed quite exciting because they were at the forefront of the technology that they produce, which is always quite an exciting opportunity to know, particularly, like I said, I'm in new products. So it's really interesting to be um, someone who's really helping with that, like push forward in technology. We're not just rehashing new old stuff or yes. redesigning stuff. A lot of the stuff that we produce is genuinely new stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I also really liked that um, they're like an environmentally conscious company. Um, not just in the way they operate, but the products they produce, um, the abatement team in Clevedon, which is what I'm part of, our whole purpose is to reduce emissions in manufacturing. And mm. our 
key purpose is to make manufacturing a greener and better place. And that's something that really appeals to me. Um, and not a lot of companies actually do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was why I like the sound of Edwards. Yeah, that's a really good answer. So you mentioned about new um, new products and new projects that you're working on. So how how do you actually get your hands on that the new products that you're going to make? Is it the R and D team? Is it fed by your clients? How does all that come about? It's a combination of a couple of different things. Um, I've actually been on two projects now. The first project I was on was a technology demonstrator. Mm -hmm. So that was something that Core Technology, the research department, come to us and they say, we have an idea for a new type of head for the machine. And we work out a way to put that into a product and we build it and we run testing to see if it is a viable thing that we could start producing. Um, And that was really interesting because again, it was, it was very different to other kind of projects because it was a lot of um, like kind of free thinking and improvising to make stuff like kind of go together in the way we want it to, rather than just designing something to have X amount of flow going through or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the project I'm currently on is um, uh, customer driven. So it's a customer has come to us and say, we need a machine that can put this much flow through a system and mm. use this much fuel. And we're currently working on making that come into a machine to make it more efficient and better and bigger and all of those lovely things. So, so you're part of the, um, I suppose you're part of the innovation team. Is that what you would call it? So you're putting all together all the ideas and then does it go to another team to manufacture the product? Is that how it works? Um, no, in, new, in, new, in NPI, new product introduction, uh, it, the whole thing goes through our team. So all the way from concept to manufacturing your first machine, the alpha or beta machine, all the way to here is a design. It can go through to manufacturing now and they can make as many as they need to. Um, that's mm. all done in MPI. It's quite a big department. Yeah, but yeah, but I mean, it's really good that you can see something from conception all the way through to it actually, you know, going out there in the in the real world. Yeah, it's great. And because um, I've been on two teams, I want one team. I've been kind of at the end of the project. Yeah. Um, but the team I'm currently on, we're still in the concept phase. So I've had a chance to really see kind of lots of different stages of that process, which yeah. I've I've really quite enjoyed. It's been good. Perfect. Thanks, Helen. Tanasha, over to you, my love. So um, why did you choose Edwards um, and what's your journey so far? Um, I chose Edwards when I first kind of went on Gradcracker and read what they were about. The one thing that appealed to me was just the variety that the graduate scheme actually offered. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I didn't feel like I was going to be pigeonholed in like one specific section. And on my grad scheme, I've been able to, you know, do things that were within my degree and apply my degree but I've also been able to do things that are way outside my comfort zone didn't even think I'd be doing them um so I feel like it's added a lot to my CV and a lot added like a lot to my skills as well and definitely built my confidence and um just the fact that Edwards really promoted innovation um I don't know if you go on the website you'll read that a lot and as Ellen was saying um you know I've been in MPI and so new product introduction and the research and development um, department and both teams, you know, promote lateral thinking, innovation. So you're really using your degree and, you know, whatever discipline of engineering you are, you know, Ellen's aerospace, I'm chemical, and we're still being able to kind of carry out the same kind of job. And so it's, yeah, I think that's why Edwards appealed to me. Um, So 
you know, I'm going to ask you tonight. You've mentioned that you've been, um, you know, pushed the boundaries a bit, gone out of your comfort zone. Can you can you tell us a bit of an idea about when that happened? Yeah. Um. So in my first rotation, um. So we were actually working with one of our customers, um, mm-hmm. because they want to um, improve their powder removal efficiencies, um, and we wanted to increase that to about ninety five percent. Yeah. Um, and I think the project had been going on a couple of years prior to me starting. And um, my line manager at the time was just, you know, really promoting me to think of new ideas and new solutions. And I actually got the opportunity to take a concept that I had, you know, do the maths and all of that um, and actually see it in person and test it out. And oh. granted, it didn't work and didn't achieve <laughs> you know, what we wanted it to achieve, but it was still an amazing learning experience for me and I can look back at that and think okay what would I do to improve that like what do we need to change now um so that was you know something that was exciting for me yeah definitely and so what we're going to do now is move on obviously the girls have both mentioned about finding the jobs on grad cracker and what Jess is saying all the time to students out there is make sure you do your research make sure you look on you know on grad cracker on these different pages on on the um on the hubs but now straight from the horse's mouth, I'm not calling you horses, but you know what I'm saying, <laughs> and straight from the grad's mouth, can you tell us about what you found the most useful on the Edwards Hub on Grad Crack? You know, what really thought, right, okay, I'm going to watch the videos or read the profiles. And then obviously, what did you mention as part of your application process um, to, to Mel and Jada when you were um, going through the whole application? And Ellen, do you want to start that one? Yeah, Um well, I actually really liked that you could kind of um, like go either way. You could either pick a job that you wanted. You could just go straight and see what jobs they had available and do it that way. And then you could see if the company was like a good fit for you. Or you could find a company and thought they look amazing, um, but they don't have any roles I need. But if you or roles that I could apply to, yeah. um, but you can like you were saying earlier, you can follow them. And if a role comes up, you can really quickly be like, oh, I remember them. And you can yeah. send off an application quite quickly and easily um, to yeah, get get your foot in the door quite quickly. Yeah. Um, I'd also say on the research front, um, I actually used the Grad Cracker um, hub when I was researching because for my after I'd done the assessment day center, you have to do a presentation for your interview. Yeah. Um, and my uh, like thing that I had to do was um, it was do some research on a product they were looking at adding to their portfolio. Okay. Um, and obviously to do that, you need to look at what their portfolios look like and who their customers usually are. Um, and the first place I actually went was, I remember they said something about that on the Crowdcacker <laughs> Hub. And I went back and I, I found quite a lot of useful information to get me kind of started on, you guys are like this and these are the kind of customers you want. And it gave me a really good starting point. And um, when I did that part of the presentation, I was getting lots of nods. So yeah. that was really good. <laughs> I like a good nod. Yeah. <laughs> I like your first point as well, because, you know, yeah. it's something I say all the time, you know, to the, probably some of the audience that I hate today have probably heard me say it, but, you know, getting organized. I think that's the mm-hmm. thing, isn't it? You know, if, if you do follow an employer on Grad Crack and then we alert you, you know, a lot can happen in a month or two months yeah. or six months. So, you know, get organized, you know, use this time now over spring, summer or whatever. If you're not ready to apply to any roles, get following because starting your research now is going to help you when you are ready to apply and think do exactly what you know Ellen did and think oh I remember that oh I like them yeah let's get my application in so yeah. and the autumn will soon be here you know we're in 
we may already mean just cannot believe how quickly this year has gone um, so Tanasha probably agrees with that when she's smiling um, so yeah definitely get organised get following um, and then you will be alerted be the first to get your application in so Tanasha I'm going to go for you to, to you now with the same question what did you find the most beneficial? The most beneficial for me was kind of just being able to filter my specific discipline um, yeah. and then go, going through what jobs were available. And like Ellen said, going through kind of the employer hubs and reading what their company was about, which was definitely useful for the interview and preparing for the interview. And also going through, I know some of the companies have graduate profiles. So yeah. it was nice reading like personal experiences and thinking, is this what I want to go into? What's this person done? So that was really useful for me. Yeah, I think there's a couple of things there. I think, you know, these these webinars as well are so useful to the students. We were speaking to, um, who was it, Jess? The WSP, who was, we're holding the webinar with um, next week. And one of the girls who's part of the webinar, she's been sat there behind the scenes watching these as well, because, you know, it's, it's really good to know what your peers can do and what you're getting up to. And it, it's straight from your mouths about all your experiences. So I think you're right there. I think the graduate profiles, these webinars and everything combined um, is, is a really good tool. And like you mentioned about how you can find out the jobs, there's, there's a couple of ways you can do that. Obviously, you can just go straight to your discipline, like Tanasha mentioned. So straight to mechanical engineering, chemical engineering, and then all of the opportunities which are listed would be open to you. Um, or the sector search. I'm a big lover of the sector search because it just opens up so many different sectors that you might not have heard of or you might have not of considering going into and um, so yeah that's on the on the top menu so there's a couple of ways in that you can go and find out all about our employers and their jobs perfect love it so guys I want to come back to you now about your roles I know we've kind of touched on it slightly but what I want to know if you could almost set the scene for us and tell us a bit about uh, the teams that you work in. I know obviously you've been moving around slightly with your placement opportunities, but what does your teams look like? How do you communicate with them? And how has it been in, in doing it in lockdown and things like that? So Ellen, going to come to you. Um, so at the moment, I'm in new products. Um, the team I'm currently part of is actually one of the biggest teams we have. It's about uh, 13 people. Um, oh, you know, I thought you were going to say like 13,000. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, do you know, that it's interesting. It's quite mm. a small group that, of people, you know, in, in the yeah. whole kind of scheme of it, but it's one of your biggest. It's, that's quite good. Yeah, the teams do tend to be quite small. Um, and that's a mix of uh, mechanical engineers. We've got um, pro professional uh, document writers with us who like write all the documentation for the machines. Uh, we've got electrical engineers. We've got like all sorts and everyone kind of like has their roles. Um, at the moment, I'm part of a smaller sub team of the mechanical part and we're designing concepts for the bypass system. Um, because this is going to be a really high flow system, we're going to have a lot more um, pipes going in than usual. And right. each one of those pipes needs its own bypass valve in case something happens with the machine. It needs to send off gas safely. Mm -hmm. um, and that's presented quite a big challenge because um, we're, we're going to be using 12 bypass valves that we have to find space for in this machine. Yeah. Um, so we're having to think very creatively and out of the box. Um, like on the first like day I had on this project she was like right forget everything you know about how we <laughs> usually do this we need to think of something different because how we usually do this is not going to fit this many valves on it yeah. um so that's been really interesting I'm working really closely with um one other person on that um 
and I actually have my meeting tomorrow where we're all going to present our concepts and we're going to review them and see which ones we're thinking about taking forwards. Um, So at the moment for me, it's a lot of um, computer-aided design work um, and I can do it pretty much all at home. I'm not going in at all at the moment. Um, But on my previous project, I was was downstairs on the shop floor in front of a machine every single day for like three months. So it has been really varied. Um, It's just at the moment, I'm just doing CAD work. But I am really enjoying it because it's given me a chance to do some like really different and creative things. Yeah. Mm. Out those two then, what do you prefer? Do you prefer being on the shop floor or do you prefer being at home, you know, on the computer doing your CAD stuff? Oh, well, I do like having a lion when I'm working from home. <laughs> um, but I do think I prefer being in front of a machine and troubleshooting and testing. And yeah, that thing doesn't fit in there. So you take it out and try and try it with a new one. Um, uh-huh. I think I, d- I did prefer that a bit more. But I'm also really enjoying doing the CAD work that I'm doing at the moment. Yeah. Um, and CAD work was something I was actually quite scared of when I started. I didn't do a huge amount of it during my degree. It was something I avoided quite effectively. Yeah. Um, but um, I had like a, I had a whole week of training before I started about how to use their CAD program. And I learned how to do some really cool new things. And um, yeah, and at the moment, the, the girl who I'm working with, um, she's been really supportive of me. And we've been having meetings like every single day. And she's like, have you got any problems? I'm like, I think I've worked it out now. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it was something I was quite scared of, but I am coming into it a bit more and I am starting to enjoy it a lot more than I was at the beginning. Oh, bless it. Just going back to your presentation tomorrow then. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if I was to picture you tomorrow doing that, how is that going to look? And, you know, what's the setup? Is it quite formal, informal if you're presenting in front of your team or you present in front of some senior members of, of the team? How's it working? This one's quite informal because um, it's just our little sub team kind of coming together um yeah. it's going to be on teams we have a little teams group set up so we're just yeah. going to be meeting tomorrow morning and we're going to share our screens one at a time say this is my design you can see like the pipe work would come in through here um this one might be a bit harder because it's got some like u-bends and that slows down the process gas and that kind of thing and we talk through them we go have you thought about trying to move that one to the other side so you can see this better and yeah. stuff like that and we can all talk walk through it and we can make suggestions and we can say okay I think that one's not going to work but what about these ones if we all take them and we can all do a bit of work to them and see how we can improve them and make them ready to present to our team leader who's in charge of the entire team these are our ideas what do you think so the team leader one, that's where it's going to be a bit more formal, going to make yeah. sure everything's a bit more right. So, yeah, it's just interesting because, I, you know, again, speaking to students as much as I do, you know, sometimes I think students are a bit nervous of this corporate world and, you know, yeah. doing presentations and things like that. What would that actually look like? But the fact that, you know, you, you get together on a, like almost a peer-to-peer level, share ideas is a nice thought. It's not that, you know, especially you being a grad as well in the team, you still feel like your, your opinions and your... Yeah, it's valued. It's definitely something I I was really quite scared of, um, mm-hmm. particularly as a grad. And I'll, I'll also say, like as a woman, I I felt a lot of the time that like, oh god, if they don't like it, they're gonna hate me, and they're just gonna think I'm rubbish. And it really isn't like that because like you're all on a team. You're not competing mm-hmm. against each other to have the best idea. You're all trying to make each other's ideas as best as they can be. Mm-hmm. And like I've been able to make suggestions on people who have 
20 years more experience than me and they're like oh that is a good idea and I'm like yes <laughs> so it is it is really constructive I've never felt criticized when someone says is that really going to work though because you think oh yeah I didn't think of that yeah but it it's a lot more constructive and um like friendly than I always think it's going to be mm-hmm. in my head I'm always like oh god it's it's going to be a really stressful experience showing these people who have so much more experience and knowledge than me my ideas but they're always really helpful and it's it's quite a positive experience quite validating as well I quite enjoy it now Oh, good. And it's a lovely reflection of Edwards as a, as a business. So, you know, nice that you can all work together and share ideas. Um, Tinashe, just coming to you then. Um, if, yeah, if you could, similar question, just tell me a bit about your team, how you're working at the moment with them and any things you've had to overcome. So I'm actually working in the same team as Ellen, but we're working on different projects. Um, yeah. So, so I think Ellen's at the start of the project so the conceptual phase and I'm you know they've already had the alpha out they've got two beaters in production now and we're actually reaching the pre-production process so you know getting very close to the product getting commercialized um and in my team currently um because I feel like the roles we get seem like very tiny and you're doing like a very small part of the system or you're dealing with a very small part of the system but it's quite a lot of work and you don't realize how much actually goes into it um, so what I've been doing at the moment, um, we actually spoke to one of our suppliers and they were saying that the controllers that we actually use to heat up our heating jackets for the inlet pipes that um, Ellen was talking about, yeah. um, they're not suitable to mount on the heating jackets directly, um, which is a problem because we need them near. Um, so what I've been working on is finding a different place to mount these controllers, making sure you know they're within reach of the cables. Um, yeah there's not going to be an electrical problem. Um, so I've been, you know, working on CAD, trying to get that fixed. Um, I had a design review, um, you know, where you pick, you know, pe- people from different disciplines. So it's yeah. not just ma- mechanical engineers, it's electricals, um, people from manufacturing, and you're just getting all that in- design input to see if anyone can be, you know, can see a problem with your design. Um, yeah. And what I like about Edwards, like Ellen was saying, everyone's, you know, always there to kind of suggest stuff and all the criticism is constructive you know they're not tearing you down and yeah. you do get to a point where you're like no they're not you know ripping into me they're trying to help me build myself yeah. and improve which I find really useful mm-hmm. and that's helped me a lot because now if I do have a problem or I am unsure about something and instead of like sitting there and like just wrecking my brain and being like oh what do I do just ping someone on Teams, ask, oh, can we have a quick call? Can you help me with this? Um, and everyone in my team is just really lovely. Ellen will back this. Um, yeah. You know, everyone's really open to help. Um, no one will ever turn you away. And yeah, it's it's, it's like a really nice work environment to be in. Yeah. Um, like Ellen, I think one of my biggest kind of fears was coming from chemical engineering. Didn't really work with CAD much. And from like the initial interview I was just like um I can't really do CAD work and I know you're not supposed to bring yourself down in an interview but I was like I can't do it um and I remember my current line manager was just like okay you can't do CAD work I'm gonna make you do CAD (laughs) um was you know he gave me a lot of in-depth training um and now I do it every single day don't even bat an eyelid you know I, I still have troubles but 
you know, I can just speak to people on my team and, and they're, they're always willing to help. So that's really lovely. And I think the a bit of a lesson there, you know, honesty is the best policy. Mm-hmm. You know, Jan said right <laughs> at the beginning, you know, you know, about um, you know, the skills you've got. You don't necessarily need to know everything about vacuums and everything else. So, you know, be honest. You see if you don't know something, don't pretend you do and then get yourself in a hole. Um, I think that's a, a, a maybe to come back to you, Jada, there, just you know, in terms of those kind of qualities, I'm sure that's you know something that you would like to hear in a in a in an applicant, you know, being honest and saying, I'm not too good about this, but I'm willing to learn and I'll do whatever I can to learn it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we always say at the beginning of our sort of assessment centres and things like that, you know, be yourself. We want to get to know you as a person. Um, you know, the enthusiasm that Ellen and Tanache have when they're talking about the technology and the concepts that they're working on, you know, that passion comes through. That's yeah. what we're looking for. You know, people that are genuinely curious and want to learn and want to unpick things and get to the bottom of things, you know, a real passion for problem solving and innovation is really important for us. And um, like one of the girls mentioned, you know, sometimes you can spend time on a project and it might not work. And that's absolutely fine. Yeah. You still learned yeah. that it didn't mm-hmm. work and you have to then keep at the problem solving until you get to the right solution. So and there's always people, um, you know, like both of them have have, um, have mentioned, there's always people within the team or within the organisation that you can go to, you can have a brainstorm with, um, you know, they're really, really approachable, um, really willing to, to share their specialist knowledge and things like that. So, you know, again, people who are not afraid to, to communicate, um, you know, we look for that. So, you know, being able to, to approach people and say, do you know what, I'm stuck with this can you kind of help me or point me in the right direction and and you know they'll work with you to to come to a solution and you know get things moving again so those are the kinds of um important qualities if you like um or some of them that that we look for brilliant that's great stuff so ellen and um tanashi what i want to do next is kind of think about your younger self, go back in time and think, you know, what, you know, kind of initially attracted you to go and study a STEM degree at university? And why was you interested to go and study the particular degrees you did study? And could you tell us a bit more about this? So Ellen, come to you first again. Um, so I always kind of had a bit of an affinity for maths and physics. It was always just kind of what I was quite good at. Yeah. Um, and I was always just told, you know, follow your nose, just keep doing what you're good at eventually something will come of it um and what I enjoy as well it's it's also down to like what you enjoy yeah I did enjoy it um but yeah it was when I was like uh I think I must have been like 11 or 12 or something uh (laughs) one of my teachers just like said oh you'd probably make a pretty good engineer and I was like I don't know what an engineer is (laughs) um but I remember I like looked at it and I asked my dad and he was like yeah I think he would make a good engineer um and it kind of like just carried on from there it was something I was quite interested in and when I started looking at um like degrees and stuff like that I was like I I really enjoyed like everything just looked amazing <laughs> like, of course I want to fly planes and build cars and robots and stuff yeah. like that um um I ended up doing aerospace um I'm sure there was a reason but it was mostly just um it was mostly just it sounded like the thing that I would enjoy most um I really like the idea of um doing stuff again that's like kind of at the forefront of technology Mm -hmm. um doing really interesting and innovative things with my time and my degree um is your dad an engineer Ellen 
Um, no, he's um, he's actually a geologist. Uh, okay. He works in the oil and gas sector, but he's yeah. like, I, I was always really lucky. Like my family and my teachers and my friends, they were always so supportive mm-hmm. um, and they were really like helpful and like people would help put me in touch with people who could help me write a CV that looked good and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, it was, I came from a very like supportive background, which really, mm. really helped because it's, it's never fun to be told. Mm-hmm. You sure about that? Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I didn't really start to feel like, am I sure about this until I, I sat my AS levels actually. Um, yeah. And I failed my AS maths. Right. Um, and I was like, is this really what I want to be trying to push for if I can't even pass a maths A level? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I kept going and I resat it and I passed and I found a university that would take me with only a B. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and it worked. It wor- <laughs> only a B at maths A level. Well, yeah. <laughs> Ellen, I'm just thinking, I scrape through my GCSEs. <laughs> Don't but, put yourself down the flipping egg. No, honestly, I think I had to reset my GCSE. I did. I did. Mm. I think my boss is listening now, so sorry, Sean. I'm sure I lied on my. My boss doesn't even know how I passed maths. He just keeps looking at me like, Carla, are you sure I didn't lie? He said, no. <laughs> that was difficult. <laughs> oh, dear. It's not good that I said. Don't lie. But yeah, I, I, um, I ended up doing a foundation year. Um, which like kind of pulled me back up to scratch and it was really interesting actually because I went in at a foundation level rather than a first year there were quite a lot of people who like me had either taken the wrong a like the wrong a levels but not the (laughs) maths and physics and chemistry and stuff that everyone else had or hadn't done very well so it was it was really interesting to see people coming from like all kinds of different like backgrounds um and like we all went up and we all did did all right for ourselves which was quite nice and Tanasha how about you what what initially inspired you to go and study engineering um I just remember from like secondary school I always loved science it just fascinated me um and I kind of leaned more towards chemistry so I ended up doing chemistry maths biology physics for my A levels um and I remember just really loving chemistry and maths and we actually had a chemical engineer come in to like give us a talk I'd never like heard of what a chemical engineer was I didn't know what they did um and they were just talking about you know being able to travel you know having all these amazing career opportunities and the salary (laughs) so I think that was you know something that attracted me to that um and then when I actually sat down and you know was looking to do my A-levels and applying for universities I didn't want to limit myself at all like after I finished my degree I wanted to know that you know if I did this degree for four years, I still have, you know, lots of options after this. Mm. Um, and I feel like that's something I was definitely given. Um, I, you gain so many transferable skills, you know, from, you know, engineering degrees. Um, and I feel like that's kind of why I went down that route, just because I didn't want to, like, limit myself. Yeah, definitely. Did you know it's interesting to say how young your birth are, you know, mm. to have all the this kind of experience already, you know, from deciding at a young age that you're interested in it, you know, pursuing it, you know, you, you've had some hurdles already, uh, Ellen, you know, failing your maths and saying, you know, I want to do this, going to study aerospace and chemical like you did, but then now doing what you're doing now, you know, you've got a huge breadth of knowledge and a huge passion and drive but you never expected to be where you are now doing what you're doing with Edwards. 
No, not really. Yeah. <laughs> no. But isn't that amazing, isn't it? And you know, to do the the, the jury disciplines that you do you, you are doing, you know, initially, it's probably Edwards. I wouldn't necessarily think, oh, they'll be the great, you know, perfect company for you, because sometimes I would probably didn't even expect that you could have these fantastic careers mm-hmm. with the degrees that you've got. You know that you know all the stuff that you've learned, you can still apply in this particular sector. It's brilliant. So, Carla, learning and development next, is it? Yeah, well, kind of. I just want to go back because both of the girls mentioned about CAD. And it, Sorry, I think I said that as well. No, no, it's fine, sweetheart. And I was just wondering, you know, there'll be a lot of people in the audience thinking either I, I don't get along with CAD either or you find it difficult. I know personally nothing about CAD, so you're going to have to help me out a little bit here, girls. Um, but, you know, why were you apprehensive about, is it using CAD? Would that be the right term? Using yeah. CAD. And how did you overcome these apprehensions? Because I'm guessing, I mean, I've heard of CAD before. I see them on lots of, see the term on lots of job descriptions. So it'd be good to know if you've got anything, hints and tips that you can recommend um, the to the audience. Um, yeah, so it's, it's kind of like I said earlier, I, I'd done a very minimal amount of CAD mm-hmm. during the course of my degree, but it was something I did put on my CV was, oh yeah, I couldn't, I can use CAD. Um, <laughs> We've all been there. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it was something I was, I'd, I'd call myself relatively competent at, like I can build a box, I can put a hole in the box, like that kind of thing. Yeah. But I, I really wasn't confident and particularly a lot of the time I'd see stuff that other people my age could do and they'd like oh just for fun I designed a plane last weekend and I'm like cool yeah. <laughs> like, I, can, I, can, I can do a circle <laughs> yeah um so it was something I was I was pretty apprehensive about um because yeah. I was I was worried I kind of overstated my abilities in it a little bit um but the the main thing was straight off the bat before we went anywhere or did anything we had a whole weeks of training with their program um and it was like a small class with all of the graduates and year in industries so there was I think there were nine of us on this like zoom class um and the guy who was running it had a chance to go through with every single one of us what was going on and if we had any problems we could just say I don't know what you're doing um and that was really helpful but even then once I started using CAD in my work I had so much support from everybody else and it was literally like sometimes I'd have to call call the guy um like the person who I was working with on my team and say I need like five minutes because I can't work out how to open this file at the moment and he'd be like yep sure and we'd open up we'd talk for 30 seconds he'd be like click this button I'd be thanks and then we were done (laughs) and it was just little stuff like that and um Tanasha was saying as well um because uh, we have the same manager in charge of both of our projects at the moment and when I was moving over to his project he said how do you feel about CAD and I was like not great and he went right <laughs> I'll put you on a CAD thing yeah. and it, it really is just kind of forcing yourself out of your comfort zone a little bit yeah. and kind of forcing yourself to like play around with it like the first like two days I was on that sub team I was literally I had the model open in front of me and was just moving stuff around to work out how to do that and everyone's really patient with you and they say yeah it's fine if you if you can only get one concept done this week that's completely fine because that's the speed you're learning at and that's the speed you're doing stuff at um so I I would say going back to the original question how to get like more confidence and how to overcome that apprehension is just just do it just like even if like you don't have a manager that forces you to do stuff that you don't want to do 
just open up a program and start messing around in it see if you can work out how to make something curve in a certain way or go yeah. together in a certain way it's just by doing things is the best way to practice and get better at doing stuff like that yeah yeah i suppose admit as well if you are struggling or if you do need further help just put your hands up and say look mm. I'm, I'm not sure how this tanasha you were nodding all the way through that so i'm guessing you would agree with ellen i relate a lot to that um, <laughs> I remember like my first week dealing with CAD because I didn't want to bother anyone because I was like, oh, everyone's busy. I'm not going to message anyone. So I'd be there for a full day like, okay, I've moved this from here to here. How can I do this quicker? And I just got to the point where I was like, I have to ask. You know, people are on my team for a reason and everyone's just been super lovely. Like even now, I just, you know, ping someone, have a quick call, share my screen. They watch me try to rotate, you know, the model, <laughs> struggling to rotate it. But, you know, everyone's been really lovely and just, you know, everyone knows that we're still learning. We're still growing. Um, and sometimes I need to remind myself that because yeah. I do feel like I'll get in my head about, you know, certain aspects of the job. And then I have to like step back. Remember that I am learning. The whole point of the grad scheme is to learn, um, and you shouldn't be afraid to, you know, ask people in your team. But yeah, yeah, no, I agree with that. Always, you know, put your head up, put your hands up, and say, "Look, I'm struggling here," and then you'll always get the help. And um, so, thank you for that. Hopefully, by now, you'll have been inspired to apply to Edwards um, and their opportunities, which, again, they're opening in the autumn. So, Jada, I want to come to you now and just um, get an overview from you, if you may, about what the application process is looking like this year. Sure. So um, the applications always start with an online application form. So, again, depending on the programme um, and sometimes the location, it can vary slightly, but, you know, you'll always need a good quality CV. Um, you will have known from the session today, you know, what sorts of things that we're looking for. So it's really important to include as much detail as possible um, in your CV and in your application, um, the detail that's relevant to us. So, you know, like we've said, you know, you don't need to be um, experts in vacuum you don't even need to have used vacuum technology um, but you know anything that you've done that's shown um, innovation or particular technical skills um, it's important that you include all of that yeah. um, we'll go through those applications it sometimes takes us a little while to go through all of them um, but we'll go through those applications and we will identify the candidates that we want to take forward um, we always always put what we're looking for in our job descriptions it's not a secret we put it in black and white so you know, again, make sure that you're looking at that um, essential criteria list and making sure that your application demonstrates those. We pick then the candidates who demonstrate that criteria the best. And yeah. typically the next stages will be some kind of online um, assessment. Um, so again, it will be linked to the type of program or job role that you're applying for. Um, typically we're looking at certain personality traits. Sometimes we're looking at skills um, so you'll be given a time and a deadline to do that online um, assessment like I said um, and then typically the next stage would be some kind of assessment centre um, now sometimes we do the assessment centre and the interview all in one go in one day sometimes we split that and they could be staggered over different days um, but the assessment centre whether that's virtual or face-to-face -face in a non-covid world um, will be a mixture of getting to know you as a person um, finding out your strengths, um, your skills, um, 
what makes you tick, you know, what are your career aspirations. There'll be some activities with other people, other candidates in the group. So you'll get to work with, with people in a team environment. Um, and the interview will be, you know, um, finding a little bit more about, you know, the skills, the experience that you have um, and what motivates you, you know, what interests you. Um, and of course it works both ways. So you'll have the opportunity to ask us questions as well. Um, typically in our assessment centers, we invite people like Tanasha and Ellen, our current grads and our current placement students to have a session with the candidates um, and again, share their experiences and ask questions. We really want to hear questions in the application process and in the recruitment process. Um, and then, you know, the final stage, like I say, is usually at some kind of interview, sometimes a practical assessment. Um, and then, hey, presto, you know, we would we would make our offers off the back of that. So hopefully that that answers the question. It, it does answer the question. And I think I want to go to international now. So can you give. Um, so sorry. Firstly, did you go through the virtual um, application process or were you you know, on site having interviews and assessment centres? Um, so I was on site. So it's really weird because I started my grad scheme on site and then COVID happened and we've gone on to like the teams world and it's been a weird transition. Yeah, oh, um, I bet you. But yeah, I did do my in both my technical interview and assessment centre on site. So it was really nice getting a tour of kind of the actual building and everything that we create um, um, during that. Uh, sorry, I've like forgotten the question. It's like oh, no, it's fine. Um, I was just going to. I forgot now. I haven't. Really. I was just going to ask you um, any hints and tips that you might have. Then, so Jad has just mentioned the whole application process. Are there any specific hints and tips you would give to a student thinking about applying to Edwards? I think show personality. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I actually got the opportunity to be involved in the interview process for the some of the current year and industries that we have at the moment so it was weird like being behind the scenes and I remember when we were interviewing them yes you know they had the technical skills but you know we were also having conversations with them because you're going to be working with this person if you can't get along with them or you know you, you don't get that sense of oh are they really going to fit in in the team then mm -hmm. I, I don't know you it's about personality too so it's not just about technical skills is what I would say yeah um, and so, so definitely get your personality across. Yeah, and, and like Ellen said before, because you're in such small teams as well, it's important that you all knit together. And I, yeah. and I think from an audience's point of view, it's don't pretend to be somebody that you're not either. You know, you're gonna you're gonna slip up if you're putting on an act. So just be the gen the genuine you, because I'm sure that the grads and Edwards would would love the genuine you. And um, what I'm going to do now is move on to learning and development. So Ellen, I'm going to go back to you again now. So from your point of view, um, don't say CAD, from your point of view, <laughs> what training, you're like, I didn't enjoy that at all. What training have you um, enjoyed the most? And I suppose, what did you what did you gain from it? You know, wh where do you see it moving forward in, in your career at Edwards? Um, well, one of the trainings, I think it was like the very first one we had on like day, day one, yeah. um, was we had, it was called colour works training. Um, and basically when, after we got offered the job, we each did like a personality test. 
and we we sent it off and we got back like one of those profiles you get um but we didn't just like get the profile and say here's your profile um mm -hmm. we had like two i think it was two days of training we ended up having about it um and it was basically looking at your profile and understanding um like where the weaknesses are and how to work on them a bit more and how that works within a team with other people whose personality isn't like yours yeah. um and I found that really helpful. And I do I, I do think about it quite a lot because um, the profile did say some stuff that I was like, I think they're right. I hadn't really thought <laughs> about that before, but they probably are right about that. Um, and like, for example, like one of the things that it said about me was um, you tend to take constructive criticism a bit too personally. And I was yeah. like, damn, I need I, I do need to work on that a bit. <laughs> and now like when because it was like Jada was saying, there is a big culture of like feedback and building yeah. up other people. And every time I feel like, oh, God, I remember you're taking it personally. And yeah. you really shouldn't. And it's not like that. Um but that that was really good and like there's loads of other stuff but I'm not gonna decant my entire personal <laughs> profile to you guys but it's it's stuff that I do think about when I'm like working with other people I know oh wait that's something I know is a slight problem or no this is something I know that I am quite good at I can do yeah. that um and that was really good I thought to kind of work on and it was something a bit different that I've never really done before because um heard it's, like you said it's it's not all about technical skills it's mm -hmm. about personality and showing a willingness to learn and grow and all of that stuff as well so is, is that does that make part of your um development program then so the the for want of a better word weaknesses that they, they established from from this report do they um does you know your your mentors or your managers look back on that and then see how you're progressing in those areas um not specifically the only yeah. person that actually sees the profile you complete is you they send it to you and nobody else oh, right. okay. um, so if it's something you don't want to talk about with someone you don't have to yeah. um but every year we set goals with our line managers and some of them are um like company driven goals so they're things mm -hmm. like we are putting together a team that going to review this process we'd like you to be mm -hmm. part of it and the other ones are learning and development goals yeah. um and they're things like the personality stuff that you can work on but you can use the stuff that you did in that training as part of your development goals but you don't need to say I was told I'm a blue person and <laughs> that means I need to work on this you can just say I think this is something you need to work on and your line manager or your mentor can help you work on that kind of stuff but yeah. it's completely up to you if you choose like you can read the profile and go yeah it's a load of load of rubbish I don't agree with it at all <laughs> and you can decide to work on other stuff that you'd rather work on yeah and, and chuck it on the floor and say I'm not passive aggressive <laughs> <laughs> that actually happened to me in one of my in one of it was a different job they make you do those personality tests yeah and one of them said I was I was really aggressive and confrontational and I'm really not and I was like I can't send them an angry email saying I'm not a confrontational <laughs> <No>. person <laughs> we, we, but, yeah. we just went on a we went on a road trip didn't we years ago Jess yeah. I said you're a bit, you're a bit passive aggressive you are Jess and she's like what do you mean what do you mean <laughs> I was like this is this is what I mean um so Tanesha your favorite bit of training my love um I'd say for me um the training I got in the lab um so learning how to run the system how to safely int introduce the process gases into the, like the system and then safely get them out um because we are working with some horrible horrible stuff mm -hmm. um so that was actually about six months worth of training um so it was really just like getting used to that environment 
making sure that I could carry out that work safely. And in that time, I learned so much about how, you know, we produce loads of different systems, but like this particular system, I learned so much about how it actually works and moving into new product introduction, even though it's a completely different system I was working on at the time, there are some things I can still look at, look at from that role and go, oh, we can't, like when I'm doing design work, we can't do that here because I know when you're down on the, in the lab and you're actually working on the system, you can't reach that place. Um, so that might be something we have to consider in the design. Um, so it was really good for me to figure out how the system actually works, understanding that, because I feel like I'm a visual learner. Like I can't just like look at a presentation, even though all those ex presentations were so exciting at the start. Um, I can't just like sit, look at a presentation and then like learn all that information. I need to actually do the work. Um, so for me, that was really, really useful. Yeah, do being able to do that training. Yeah. Do you have to sit lots of exams and everything then? I'm just thinking if you are working with all these chemicals and gases and things like that, and obviously, you know, things could go wrong. Do you have to be trained and pass exams on those particular areas? No, you don't need to do exams, but we do have, you know, risk assessments and cost forms. So you do have to make sure that you are reading those. Um, and I actually had to do like as you know, the last bit of my last placement was create a chemical risk assessment with like all the different chemicals that we deal with. And even though we were working with one gas, silane, which is, you know, it's pyrophoric, so it explodes in air, like spontaneously. Um, we have like far more dangerous gases and I was just like, oh my goodness, this is what all of these do. But doing that risk assessment helped me so much because I understood, you know, why we do what we do and what why our procedures are in place because, you know, you have to look after yourself and everyone else. Yeah, it's a lot of responsibility then to take on, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't want, I don't want that responsibility. And um, I think, yes, I think it's, yeah, I'm just, I'm going to, I know um, you just got in terms of time and moving on. So I'm going to chuck some questions at you just to see what the future holds really um so ellen i'm going to come to you because i know we've kind of covered projects and things like that so what is the future looking like for you would it be the current project you're in or what's the five-year plan i don't really like a five-year plan you never know do you but um well um i'm on the project i'm on now until yep. august um and then my next rotation is going to be in continual improvement processes mm -hmm. um yeah which should be quite fun. I can't remember what I'm doing after that, but I think I'm doing uh, three month rotations after that. So it's quite quick pace and I get to try lots of different things. Um, and after that, I don't really know. I have really been enjoying my work in new products. So, you know, if, if I was asked where I'd want to work afterwards, if I had a job at Edwards, I'd probably want to stay here. Yeah. But um, yeah, I don't know. I might really enjoy the next placement I'm on. Who knows? Yeah, that often happens. People yeah. say, "I love this placement," and they go on to the next one and say, "Oh no, I love this one more." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so they guaranteed um, a job after the graduate program. How how does that part work? Before we go back to Tanisha, it depends on the program. So I know for the ones in our global headquarters, yes, you are. It's a permanent contract from day one. Um, I'll have to look to the girls for the product companies. Uh, I hope so, because I finish in September. So, no, I had a I mean, we're not going to train you for two years plus and then <laughs> send you out on the street. You know, we want to retain, you know, good people who yeah. are passionate oh. and have got great skills. So, yes, of course, there's going to be permanent roles for for great, um, great graduates coming off the scheme. 
Can I show you are a great graduate, so you are going to be spending September. No in life with those risk assessments oh, and no. what you're doing. Yeah. Um, These webinars. <laughs> <laughs> um, next, I want to come to Tasha about key benefits on offer at Edwards. Could you tell me a bit about that? Key benefits. Um, you know, with COVID, um, this doesn't really count, but um, one of the key benefits is that we have so many different sites um, yeah. and we can actually go to customer sites, hopefully post COVID. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it's all good and well seeing the machines in our lab um, and in the test areas, but actually being able to go to a fab and see how they're used by our customers is like a really exciting prospect. Um, so I think that's one of the major benefits of Edwards. And, you know, being in multidisciplinary teams, um, you learn so much, like, I knew very little about, you know, the electrical side. I still know very, very little, but I know more than when I started. Yeah. Um, and it's nice being exposed to that, you know, experience. Yeah, brilliant. And last but not least, I just want to know one key fact that our audience might want to know. So I'm going to stick with you, uh, Tanache, and then we'll come to you, Ellen. Uh, one key fact, one really cool fact that I like about Edwards um, whether it be our pumps or our abatement devices you know for your tv smartphones speakers smart cars you know it's highly likely that an Edwards product has been involved in that manufacturing process and I find that so cool because I look around and I'm like no one knows that it's involved in that but I know and I'm really proud of that yeah yeah, and that's the thing. So many products that you mentioned, you know, right at the beginning, I'm like, you know, you just don't think about stuff like that, mm. do you? And probably, you know, so many products you touch or use every single day and that you guys are involved in it. It's, it's brilliant. And Ellen, how about you? Well, Tanashi's kind of stolen my <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, my, my, mine was basically like, because particularly just at our site it's compared to other companies, it feels quite small sometimes, but it's part of like a much bigger company um and it's got sites all over the planet we're part of a much bigger group called atlas copco and on honestly you probably have used something that has had one of our machines involved in the process at some point it's like a it's a what feels like quite a small company sometimes but it's got like serious global reach it's yeah yeah do you know, I'm glad you mentioned that because this is something I, I actually did a presentation this week with Goldsmiths and we were talking about large corporations. And sometimes I think students do get a bit put off thinking, oh, you know, how am I going to fit in a large corporation or am I just going to be a number in a team? But, you know, you could be working for a, a huge corporation, but actually be working in rather small teams. And, it, you know, it's quite intimate. You know, you get to know everyone really well and it would almost feel like you're working for a little family group and you know working from a project from start to finish so um you know just for the audience listening there you know you've heard it here firsthand you know you can be working for a corporation which touches lives every single day um but you're actually part of a, a small team that makes that happen so yeah I'm glad you ended on that because that's something we're talking about this week um yeah. So and just to expand on what Jess has just mentioned, sir, and Ellen before. So Atlas Copco obviously also advertises on Grad Crackers. So if you're looking for that, you know, the, 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 the bigger company or the family feel, it's we've got Edwards, we've got Atlas Copco. So make sure you um, get your applications in in the autumn. Yes. 
it'll soon be here so thank you guys for joining us today it's been really really interesting really insightful and um, i hope we've encouraged people to know where to go and do the research you know which areas to look on on the Gradcracker hub obviously jada mentioned um in in her piece earlier on in the webinar about what she looks for and um, make sure you mention to jada and mel um, that you have watched the Gradcracker webinar and don't forget that you can um, re-watch the webinar as a full um, tomorrow and it'll be broken up into bite-sized pieces next week. Whew. So next week we're joined by, <laughs> thanks Ellen, next week we're joined by WSP. Um, so there were a lovely bunch of students who we met on Tuesday. I'm also looking forward to introducing you to a good friend of mine, um, Mel Clark, who is the recruitment manager at WSP. Um, they have been involved in fantastic projects such as the Shard and Manchester Metrolink. So join us next week. But for now, I'd like to say thank you very much um, to Edwards. It's been an absolute joy to meet you all and a pleasure to tell everybody about what you do. So see you next week. Thank you, everyone. See you later. Bye. 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 Bye.